So, hello, and welcome to what I assume I will release as episode two of the Shoe Law podcast. I guess. More of a mini-sode, I think. Mini-sode, yeah. There's, there's not that much to cover in this one, but you know. Yeah. So, this episode is going to be called Mooting? Question <laughs> mark. That's a brilliant title there. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if iTunes lets us have question marks in the title, but... I think it does. If not, so. I will write question mark in parentheses and capital letters just to piss them off. Outstanding. Brr. So, I've got a few questions for our Master of Moots here. I'm Billy Methley, President. Sorry, I should have said that. You uh, are? I'm Jonathan Roberts, Master of Moots. Master of Moots. I feel like I should put that at the end of my name as like a title. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have P in front of mine. <laughs> I have a few questions for you about mooting, since some of our listeners, or listener, depending on how popular we are, <laughs> all one of you, might be interested in mooting, knowing exactly what it is, getting to know it. Go and on, You then. are the guy to ask. So, I guess I am, yeah. Question one. Yep. What is mooting? It's basically a mock trial. You uh, get given a question, you get a certain amount of time to research the answer and the law around the answer. Um, and then when you've prepared that answer, you basically stand up and present that answer to a judge and they uh, decide whether you or the other side wins based on the law and presentation skills and that and whatnot. Good, good, very good. Apple's Dictionary uh, defines moot as something which is subject to debate, dispute or uncertainty. Yeah, you hear a lot of people say that there's things that are moot points. Moot points. That's basically something that can go either way. Yeah, and you're arguing that. A, a moot, mooting's more like there's been a decision, it's been appealed. Yeah, moots because, are almost always appeals. Because the two parties fundamentally disagree with a part of the decision that a judge made. And it's your point, your job, sorry, to represent to, to argue your, client your corner. And argue your corner, yeah. Great. So, question two. Who do you moot in front of? Um, if it's an actual competition, then we get a real judge in. Uh, quite a lot before we've had uh, Judge Peter Kelson QC from Sheffield Crown Court to come in and judge our moots for us. Um, he's a fantastic judge, by the way. Yes. If, if he comes back, he'll learn to love him. He will. <laughs> he, he, he sits and listens to you, and he gives you some great feedback, and he really encourages young mooters. And I'm sure you'll hear from him in yeah. the future, maybe even on this podcast. Possibly, if we can get him on. Yes, but if if it's not a real moot, if we're just doing a workshop, you might well moot in front of If it's just a practice I. one, then it's usually just me or anyone else on the society, I guess, that wants to judge. But yes. usually the master moots. But I don't know, that might change this year. I might spice it up a little bit. Mm. In terms of audience members, we usually have people uh, interested. What do you mean about audience members? Yeah, some if it's... Competition moot, there might be a few people there oh, watching. Oh, right, I get you. Um, if it's a competition moot, then there's usually, I'd say, small to medium audience, I suppose. <laughs> um, it's, well, I think we've been to a couple of moots where it's just been members of the society that have accompanied us to it, but then we've been to other ones where we've had to get like extra chairs in and stuff because the room's so full. I mean, it does vary. Yeah. Imagine a Rick Astley reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs> some places might be packed, some might be empty. That's actually a pretty good analogy. Thank you. If it, a bit of a strange one, but still. Well, you know me with analogies. Never going to let you down. 
Right. Oh, God. <laughs> so there will be small audiences there, but usually it's either classmates or family members, and they're either in the same boat as you or they're cheering you on. So nothing yeah. to worry about. You Even, I think we did a couple of ones against the Uni of Sheffield, and even the people that come down from the Uni of Sheffield and things like that, they're never like actively cheering against you. Everyone that's there is there to support everyone that moots. Yeah, they just a, happen to come a from a certain match. place. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you wear when mooting? Um, I guess I'll answer these from now on if it's a practice and a competition. If it's a practice, whatever the hell you want. You just rock up in your clothes, I guess. Definitely any, in Any clothes. kind of clothes, please. I, I don't... I'd rather not have naked mooters. Um, if it's a competition, then at the minimum, it's a suit. Yes. Uh, for women, it can be a skirt if you can't do trousers, I think. I think I've had a couple of partners with skirts. Um, if they're at our campus, then we have uh, robes, which you can wear on top of the suit as well, which uh, actual barristers would do in court. Some other universities don't have those, though, so for them it's just suits, but it depends on where we are, I suppose, how quite how dressed up we get. But it's always a very formal occasion. Yes. Uh, I did want to say a little small thing about what you wear when mooting, because it's quite important, because, <clears throat> you know, you, you you might feel more authoritative in a big fancy suit, because I don't know about you, if I put it on, if you, you know, if you look the part, you kind of feel the part, it gives you a bit more confidence. It's a very psychological thing. It's very psychological. If you stand up in front of a judge looking smart, looking like you know what you're talking about, if you're confident, then you're always going to do far better than if you rock up wearing jeans, which probably get you kicked out, to be honest, in a formal moot. If it was an actual moot, jeans would get kicked out. Yes. If it's just practice, though, then we're not particularly fussed. Yes, but definitely do your best to try and look the part when mooting. Not because yeah. but in it's competition, a affair. In, in competition moots, you do actually get marked on dress. Do you? Yeah, there's... F um, at least with the national... Not not NSLS. Um, the OUPBPP moots that I did last year, there was five points per participant on dress. Five points out of... Out of a hundred and something. It's so not it's... that much, but there are points based on it. And worth, worth getting. Yeah, it's always really close with moots as well, I think. Definitely. The the biggest disparity between points I've had is something like three or four. So that extra one or two points from dress can make a massive difference. Did it, you see your scores for dressing? Yeah. Um, I think the last time we mooted, Judge Kelson just gave us all five out of five. Because we all did put in a, a good effort. We put in quite a lot of effort. Um, but, you know, if you don't... I suppose at least try, then it it will drop, and yeah. it's something to uh, take into account if you're getting ready to actually moot. Definitely, I think we've answered that pretty well. Uh, yeah, next that question. went into quite a lot of depth actually. So I've lost count. One, two, three, four, four. Question four: How do you learn to moot? It sounds a really silly thing to say, but just lots and lots of practice. Yeah. I mean, we we're hoping to have uh, weekly workshops. At least once a week, um, for about an hour or so, where we're going to basically pick a semi-contentious issue and just argue about it for an hour. And that might sound kind of haphazard, I guess, but it's not necessarily, for the practice part of it, it's not necessarily having the research behind it 
to answer a question effectively because that's the kind of thing that you can do in your own time that's just research skills but the thing they need to practice on is the ability to stand up and articulate that point very quickly and siphon down a complex point into something very simple for a judge to understand definitely and that's the kind of thing that we do in workshops because as good as it is to rock up with an essay typed out a script to follow you're going to be thrown questions and you're going to have to re uh, definitely respond to arguments oh, yeah. from the other side that could compromise your authority. And it's really good to um, know how to think on your feet yeah. and how to respond to criticism and judges who might well interrupt you just say, what the hell are you talking about? I've had that happen. That leads in into quite a good story, actually. Yes. Of, um, did I tell you about the move I did in Liverpool? No. Uh, I, I mooted at Liverpool John Moores University against uh, their team and I, I arrived with, I think it was like a 12-page script of word for word what I was going to say in that moot. It was landlord, wasn't it? Uh, landlord and tenant. Oh, because you studied landlord. Yeah, it's a, a certain subset of landlord that's even more complex and horrible. I can't stand it. But anyway... Um, yeah, I rocked up with a 12-page or so script for that and basically planned out what I was going to say to the judge. And then about seven minutes in, the judge said, uh, we stopped me talking and said, I've heard everything I want to hear from you. If you can't answer my questions, sit down. And it's the first and last time that a judge has ever made me stop my submissions. Never again, eh? No. It's, it's such an embarrassing thing to happen to you. Like, I, there's a difference between getting a question that you didn't quite expect, because that's something that you can kind of sort of blag as you go. Definitely. But if it's something that you just haven't put the work into, the judge can see right through you. And if you've not put the work in, they'll just exploit that and just basically publicly humiliate you. Yes, definitely. The last moot we went to see was... Um, Varsity. Varsity moot, which was judged by... Judge Kelson and Judge Rostant. 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 I think it's Rostant. And there was one guy mooting, and he he was going a bit slower than you'd have expected. To be and fair, he, he did sound very, very nervous. Yeah. And um, the judge, I could see, I was watching, and so I could see the judge sort of sit back in his chair and wait for him to lead his argument down a certain path where it would stop him and like just destroy him with this one question. <laughs> Yeah. And that happened, and some judges can be quite spiteful with that, some can be quite lenient, some don't ask questions. Hmm. Some some don't intervene much, and some intervene every few seconds. Because a lot of the time, you'll just you'll get a question, the judge will ask something about your argument, and you just want to say, well, I'm going to get to that in a minute, so just, you know, give us a chance, mate. Well, that's the point when you say, well, this be, will be addressed in the future submissions, my lord, however, if you would prefer me to address it now, then I will. Oh. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that you... Probably not in those words, that was kind of off the cuff, but um, that's the kind of thing that you have to learn to handle, because if a judge has a question, he has the power to interrupt you, and he will interrupt you. He'll stop what you're saying and want you to answer his question, and if you can't do it, then it's, it doesn't outright stop him, but it severely reduces the chance that he'll take your side at the end of the moot. Yes, so it's definitely... As part of learning how to moot, it's definitely a case of responding to criticism you know, shocking you, attacking your argument, and preparing you to answer under pressure. Mm. It's developing that ability to think 
of a, an answer to a complex question quickly. And coming to the mooting workshops and debating those issues is a really good way of learning how to do that. Oh yeah, I, I had a, a bit of a practice with uh, the Lawyer in London scheme that university runs, or ran this last year anyway, um, where we went to the Court of Appeal in London and uh, basically argued a case. And one of the uh, counsel that tried to argue in front of me, I was a, a judge, which was fun, uh, one of the counsel that tried to argue in front of me was arguing that someone was denied a fair trial because a jury didn't understand the law. And whether that's a valid complaint or not is something that I didn't really want to address. But my issue with that was he was complaining against the system, and the system isn't going anywhere. So it's, from that I'd say it's much a, a point of, I don't know, picking your battles I suppose. Because law isn't perfect, but you've got to know which parts to criticise. Exactly, definitely. We'll move on to that later because I've got a little story to bring up about that. Oh, okay. Next question, question five. What topics do you moot on? We've already touched on that a little, you know, with the land law, but if you're a first year coming into it, you're going to find yourself mooting on first year topics. Is yeah, right? we, we don't throw you into something that you don't know anything about. I mean, that would just be unfair, really, and a cool. bit mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, in first year, I think a lot, a pretty high proportion of what they've mooted on has been contract law so far. Yeah, because... Especially at our unit, your first assessment is a, um, a contract moot, yeah. which is quite early on in November. Yeah, it can be as early as four or five weeks into the year. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that it's only going to be on those topics. I mean, as I said earlier, I did a landlord and tenant problem in second year. I've never studied landlord and tenant law, and I never will study landlord and tenant law, but it just happened to come up, and it's just... Something that I had to roll with at the time, I suppose. Which it, is a big part of what you're going to be doing in your career. Oh, yeah. It's all well and good learning bits of the law now, but as soon as you settle into a career and, to a degree, specialise, you kind of have to do it again and learn everything over again. Yeah. But, especially later on in your education, they, come, they become quite nuanced topics because um, the last move we had, the varsity move, it was a tort law problem. And it was negligence, am I right? Um, yeah, I think it was. About mesothelioma. Was. Yeah, but it was a really nuanced point. It were about mesothelioma caused by... Asbestos. Asbestos. But in this instance, it was a fake... It was a, a, a made-up uh, particle or made-up substance that caused mesothelioma. Yeah, it was and a particle point, that wasn't asbestos. Yes, and they and tried the to say that up, it wasn't their fault. Yeah, point brought up by our our team was that <clears throat> although the co the legislation relevant in determining damages according to mesothelioma referred to asbestos it could be related to this new fake particle yeah. and the judge was really skeptical and really apprehensive to apply the law the in judge that didn't way. buy into that point yeah, at all it was, it was a really nuanced point and you do it's less Oh, I turned up to all my tort law lectures. I should be fine. Hmm. You've got to, I, I you've guess got to that, sort of work around it. Yeah, that kind of feeds into what I did for psychiatric harm, where I, I did a moot on psychiatric harm. I don't know if I've said that already. And um, I didn't actually study that wide an area of psychiatric harm. It was a very specific point, but it was more about the depth that I went into it. Yeah. Whereas I had to understand 
uh, you know, the the politics of the time for like white against chief constable of South Yorkshire from what is it, nineteen ninety seven? Yeah, I think the point they were trying to make in that is that if the victims couldn't claim, police shouldn't be able to claim. Or was it the other way around? Um, no, that was part of it, but it was it was just about understanding the context of the judgments and things like that. And if the circumstances of the case are the same, but, I don't know, the context is different, then you might be able to bring up that kind of thing and distinguish it, which is uh, a very important point to make. Because it's not always finding things that apply perfectly to your case. It's about finding things that don't apply, but explaining why they shouldn't be followed. Definitely. Yeah, you can find yourself mooting on anything, but... Yeah, it's a pretty wide area yeah. to... Whatever comes up just happens to come up and you kind of do it. Next question. Yep. Who can moot? Anyone. You can moot. Yeah. Anyone who wants to can moot. Um, the law society so far is... Mainly this year it's been for law students, but um, it's people that are allowed to join are law students or just anyone that's interested in law, so... If you're doing, I don't know, a publishing degree or something. Do you even do a publishing degree? <laughs> Probably. And, and just about any degree on the face of the earth. If you're interested in law, you can join the society. And anyone who's in the society can move. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a very, very open thing. It's not hard to get into. Which does lead to the next question. How do we get involved in mooting? Um, you get involved by turning up to the workshops, I suppose, is the... Simplest answer I can give. Um, said before that we're going to have weekly-ish workshops, hopefully once a week. Um, and I basically build up a list of contacts from there, I suppose, and uh, find people within that group that want to do it. That's not to say that if you're not part of it, you can't do it, but it's just a lot easier to find people interested if they come to the workshops. Um We've had a couple of people that haven't been that regularly to the workshops moot for as, a, as part of a uni team before. Yeah. It's, it's not unheard of, but it's just a lot more difficult to find those people because they kind of have to... They, they have to make themselves known to the people that select the teams, I suppose. But I suppose the point that we've got to really stress is the more you come, the better you'll be, the more um, confident you'll be oh, mooting. Yeah. In, I think in two years I've probably missed... Like three sessions ever. <laughs> I missed more, and uh, yeah, you missed you missed quite a lot more last year, but yeah. that was for a lot of other reasons. Yes. Um. Yeah. The more practice you can get, the better chance you have of doing well in it. Yeah, and a big part of getting involved will be seeing us because we're going to be in lectures, and I think I'm going to be giving away a book. Um, oh, I. I think I'm going to buy a book that's on the syllabus for first years, and I'm going to say, "Come to the meeting, and I'll give it to one of you." That's a good idea, actually. Very good idea. It's a step down from a t-shirt cannon, but it's a step up from free coffee. Yeah, I mean, very little is going to match a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> apart from, like, a giant inflatable pig or something. Yeah, well, a t-shirt cannon, imagine it in that small mooted room. That'd be deadly. You'd, you'd take someone out and they wouldn't wake up. <laughs> we don't want that on our hands. <laughs> so there's going to be lots of opportunities to get involved. It's not going to be, like, a secret club where you need a password and a special uniform to get in the room. If you turn up at the right time, which should be Wednesdays at 5, mm -hmm. you'll come in and we'll do some stuff. We'll move. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll go we'll, to the pub afterwards. We'll get some practice in. We'll all have a good time, and then we'll go for a pint afterwards or something. But we will be in lectures, and you, you if you want to 
take part in some of the more formal stuff, you might have to sign up to the society and pay the membership fee, which is £5, but I don't imagine you will if you just turn up to mooting meetings that you want to get involved. No, to be completely honest, I mean, I took part in both of the main competitions this last year and uh, represented the university in about 17,000 different things, and I, I didn't pay the membership fee last year. Ooh. I'm sorry, I've let the side down, but I, <laughs> I didn't pay the fee. I just kind of rocked up and I got asked to do things and I agreed. Good. Well, next question. Who teaches Mootin? Um, Mootin Module is run by actual tutors. Greg Ioannidis. Yep, Greg Ioannidis. Andrew Watson. uh, Andrew does it as well. Greg Ioannidis is excellent at what he does. He's one of the top 20 sports lawyers in the world. Which is his Twitter handle. It is his Twitter handle. We'll probably get him on the podcast at some point to speak to you. But he's I hope so. He's, he's a very good, good he's, man. He's really good. He he taught me quite a lot last year for external competitions, and he was very very helpful. Um, Andrew does it as well, although I've not got much experience with Andrew. I had Andrew this year for public law, and I can say he's one of the most interesting men I've ever spoken to. He taught at Harvard. He was a part of Amnesty International. He, he did a master's degree at Sheffield. <clears throat> and now he's here teaching, and he's the most eloquent man ever. Yeah, all I've heard about Andrew is that he's very posh. He's 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 rather eloquent. We can't let time get in the way of justice. That's brilliant. <laughs> that, is, that is brilliant. I love Andrew. He's great. Hmm. You're going to hear him on the podcast, and if not, you're going to have him for Public Law 2 or Mooting. Yeah. But who teaches in Mooting workshops? Uh, the workshops, that's me. <clears throat> or... I'll be there, but... Yeah, Billy will be there as well, but... For support. In somewhat of a less involved role, I suppose. Um, There's not much to actually teach for Mootin. There's there's etiquette, which takes about a week or so to get, which is like a session. Um, Which, for those who don't know, is just addressing the court in the proper way. Yeah. Speaking in the proper way. Instead of saying you, it's your lordship, that's about it. Instead of, you know, saying thank you, saying I'm obliged. Yeah. It's, It's all pretty simple things. Um, but beyond it does that, go a it's long way. oh yeah, it's a very, very, very important thing. But beyond that, it's pretty simple. It's just we rock up, we get some practice in standing up and arguing in front of people, um, and then we we all feel pretty smug about ourselves and go home. <laughs> Next question: Is mooting good? Well, I clearly I have to say yes. <laughs> but even if I didn't. Even if I wasn't obliged to do so, I would still say yes, because it's some of the most fun I've had at university. That probably makes me a really boring person. Because, <laughs> to be fair, I find enjoyment out of putting on a fancy suit and standing in front of a QC judge and basically shouting my opinion at him for ten minutes. It's better than putting on a fancy suit and standing in front of a mirror and shouting your opinion at him for ten minutes. It is, because that's just sad. I mean, that's, well, that's I don't like... want to talk about my personal life right now. <laughs> That's just a broken man. <laughs> um, no, I I really really enjoy it, and I I hope that the people that turn up next year will enjoy it as much as I do. I mean, that's possibly a tall order. Yeah, <clears throat> but it can know. be quite a struggle to work up the confidence to do it. But once you do, I promise you, it's brilliant. It's a lot of fun. It's v- very useful. In I recently had an interview at a firm in Sheffield for some work experience which may lead to a training contract which Ooh. is very much getting your foot in the door not bragging but you know, just letting people know what mooting can do and one of the main things that she asked for was uh, public speaking and 
people skills and I said I've mooted in competitions and I've won competitions and she was really impressed with that <clears throat> it's Just, a very impressive thing to do it is especially if you're going to be a solicitor if you're going down that road because it's less common oh yeah it's not it's not what you said but I th- what I thought you were going to say was especially if you're a first year especially if you're a first year definitely I, I think I said on the, the last podcast that I did one two months after I started university and it was such a I don't want to say empowering because that sounds like really I don't know strong independent woman thing <laughs> but it was a very empowering thing to do because I went into it having never done anything like it before still not knowing most people's names and the day after that moot I had people that I didn't know existed in like in university coming up to me and saying well done on yesterday it was really good exactly and um, it it was such a, a massive confidence boost, I suppose, that it gave me that willpower to keep going. Exactly, and you you meet people through the society. I know we met Holly, and she's she was. Oh, Holly's outstanding. <clears throat> and she was she was quite influential. She wants she makes you want to get involved. Oh yeah, <clears throat> if if not just to beat her, you just keep trying every <laughs> every week to see if you can do that a little bit better. That's the kind of thing that. I think I'd like to support that kind of friendly competition, I guess, where you're just not really hostile against each other, trying to outdo each other or anything like that, but, uh, I don't know, turning up and seeing if you can trip someone up because they got you last week or anything like that. Yeah. Next question. Mm-hmm. Which probably applied to me in first year. Oh, go on. I'm shy. Why should I moot? I was the exact same. You should try it because... It's such a, I don't want to say it's an ego boost, but it kind of is an ego boost, where it's such a good feeling to be able to um, realise that at the start of the year you were struggling to talk to people or something like that, and a couple of weeks or months later you've made a lot of new uh, friends, you've developed a lot of new skills that you can, uh, I don't know, exercise by taking part in mooting and things like that. Um, And a couple of years later you're running the mooting workshops. Oh, yeah. Well, two years, but yeah. Um, it's kind of a, a success story. I'm not going to say who it is, because I don't know if it's embarrassing or not, but uh, we had someone last year who joined our workshops who, at the start of the year, had such a bad stutter that it was really struggling to get even a sentence out. And as the workshops went on, he got so much better at actually talking that by the end of the year unless someone told you that he had some kind of stammer previously, you would never have guessed it. It made such a massive difference for him. Brilliant. Yeah, it was really, it was a really pleasing thing to see, because it was proof that it really does have some kind of positive effects. It's definitely a confidence boost to be able to move and to be able to tell people that you move. Right, so that does lead on to the next question. You've organised this so tightly. <laughs> Who is the best mooter? That's an unfair question, because there's a lot of different skills involved in mooting. Um, that, in it, in itself, is... You could fragment it down to who's the best at research, who's the best at presenting it, all that kind of stuff, who's yeah. the best dressed or whatever else. Um, at the minute, the best mooter... Well... We've had so many people leave, so I couldn't actually say. We've had all the third years have just finished. They all got their classifications for degrees yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I enjoyed watching Holly move. She was really good. She was very, very good. Seemed really natural to speak in that way. 
yeah, that's one of the things I, I want to develop this year. Um, not not changing how people talk, because that would be weird. I mean, you can hear my accent now, and I'm still pretty broadly northern. But when you put on this mooting voice, you kind of develop a bit more enunciation in your words that <clears> make it a bit clearer for judges to understand what you're saying. Yeah, it can quickly go from, you know, my natural accent, which is a bit broad. Proper northern. Proper northern. <laughs> It can go from this to, you know, sort of, uh, good afternoon, your lordship, my name's Billy Methley and I'm the junior uh, respondent, whatever, I didn't think of that, but, yeah. Uh. good afternoon, your lordship, my name is Billy Methley and I'm the uh, junior counsel representing the defence in this case, which would be, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. So what you're saying is don't change your voice, but adapt it to be more... Yeah, don't be something you're not, because that... they can tell if you're faking it. I, I don't know about you, but I find a bit of a northern twang quite endearing. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't completely eliminate my accent, I just make it a little bit easier to understand. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be fair, if I talk at full speed in in full accent, I can't even understand it sometimes, and I'm saying it. And, last question for now. Go on. Do you recommend mooting? Obviously. Okay. It'd be rude not to, I mean... <laughs> It's it's such a, a great experience, even if you come to just one session and find out it's not for you or whatever. You can say you've tried it, and in law, that's one of the most important things, I find. It not justifying why you want to do something, but why you don't want to do something else. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for answering those questions, Master of Moots. That's all right. Just a quick point, how can people reach you? Um, they can find me through... Facebook, or um, through the society itself, I suppose. Yeah, because there might well be people who want to ask you uh, about mooting, how to join the society and that, but yeah. I'd probably say, if you see us around campus, ask us. But if if you have uh, any questions about joining the Law Society or starting mooting... Drop us an email. Drop us an email. Find us on Facebook. Uh, I think the Facebook page is uh, the Sheffield Hallam Law Society. Yep, I think so. Yep. Uh, we're on Twitter. Hallam Law Society. As we found out about an hour ago. As we found out, and I got the password for about an hour ago. <laughs> uh, or email uh, us at Hallam Law, Law Society. So, Hallam Law Society at live.co.uk. Yep. And just ask us anything you want. Yep. It's unless you, I guess, want something answered on here a bit more publicly. Everything's entirely confidential as well. So if it's something like, I don't know, I'm embarrassed that I'm going to make an idiot of myself in a moot or something, then, you know, we can help you with that in a bit more of a private setting, I suppose. Yes, definitely. Okay, so I think that's everything. I we're still so. We're still negotiating to get sponsors on the podcast, so... Uh, yeah. Still working it out. It'll still be fine. All right, so thank you for answering those questions. We'll hear from you soon. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye, everybody. See ya.